We're thankful to be here together in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5.19 is our main text. A short verse, quench not the spirit. I won't go back to everything that we have said, but we're using this as a theme for this month, quench not the spirit, but fan into flame. First Thessalonians 5.19, the King James Version, quench not the spirit. The word quench, as we noted last week, it means to extinguish. Figuratively or literally, when you extinguish, or it's like when you, when you, when you blow out a lit candle, or when you pour water over burning fire to extinguish it. And Paul says, don't quench the spirit. It mustn't quench the spirit when the spirit wants to work among us. When the Holy Spirit inspires us to worship God more. When you sense the spirit move in your life, move in your heart. Don't douse him out and pour water over it by being unresponsive. Quench not the spirit. We are a spirit people, spirit-led people, spirit-filled people. We respond to the spirit. We are not afraid to declare it. Because we know what the spirit can do in one second. Can transform everything about us. The Holy Spirit can go back into history. Go back generations before us. Go back to our fathers and our forefathers and the mistakes and the wrongs that happened back then. Go back into a family that is destroyed and a family that's of course. And the spirit in a second can put back on course what is of course when the spirit is at work. So we don't want to quench the spirit. We want to respond to the spirit. Can I hear an amen? Muruti Pizzo read this from the Amplified Bible and I loved it and I borrowed it. In the Amplified Bible, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will not force you and insist, but he will prompt you. He will inspire you. He'll give you a gentle push. It's up to you to respond. So instead of us quenching the spirit, we're encouraged in 2 Timothy 1.6 to stir up the gift of God or to fan it into flame what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. Let's have more of the Holy Spirit, more of his prompting, more of his power. Eh? When the Holy Spirit moves you in a certain direction and he begins to work in your life, allow him to permeate you. Allow him to saturate you. Allow the direction of the Holy Spirit to be the only way you live. Get worse in loving God. Get worse in praying. Get worse in reading the Bible. Get worse in walking in holiness. Get worse in hearing the voice of God. Just allow the Spirit in your life instead of putting out the Spirit. Paul said this to Timothy because apparently this young man, according to what Paul says in Chapter 4, verse 14, 
He was neglecting the gift that was in him. And Paul is reminding him, fan it into flame. Keep it at full flame. What God is, has given you as a gift and what God has given in your life. So we take this as an exhortation that is speaking to us. That we should fan into flame what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So today, I want to talk about fanning into flame the spirit of discipline. Because, you see, the Holy Spirit, as much as he's the spirit of power and he's the spirit of love, but he's also the spirit that brings discipline into our lives. And so, discipline comes into our lives because God wants us to develop or cultivate spiritual fitness. I want to share that with you. So let's go back to 2 Timothy 1, verse 1 to verse 7, and I'm going to read it, and I want you to note we've read it already, but I want to read more verses there. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, and I'm reading the NIV, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith with first lived in your grandmother, Louis, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now that faith lives in you also. Now, here we go. Verse 6. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now note, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. Somebody say self-discipline. To look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I think you need self-discipline. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Just say self-discipline. Now, you know, Masalana, sometimes when you look at what people do in the name of being led by the Spirit, you, you get surprised. The, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of self-discipline. And he stirs within us self-discipline. You can never be able to be all that you need to be as a Christian if you lack discipline in your life. You know, sometimes people whatever the things that they are doing, even the Moya doesn't understand what these people are doing. I remember one guy came to my dad years ago. My dad says, hey, I don't mind. It just depends which Moya is holding you. Tell your neighbor, it just depends which Moya is holding you. But you see, if the Moya is holding you, and if it's the Holy Spirit, you will be disciplined, and you'll have discipline in your life. Somebody say discipline. I can see the amens are not much because we're talking about discipline. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, I'm reading the Good News translation. And Paul here draws a parallel between athletes and us as Christians. And he says, in the same way athletes have to embrace certain things, certain disciplines, do certain things, we need to do the same thing spiritually. 
So he says, every athlete in training submits to strict discipline. Somebody say strict discipline. How each Ankara you believe it himself, and I read strict discipline. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's strict discipline. Why are you whispering? It's strict discipline. All right? So every athlete submits not just to discipline, but strict discipline. Why? In order to be crowned with a wreath which will not last. But we do it for one that will last forever. Can I hear an amen, Bazala? Can I hear an amen, Bazala? 1 Timothy 4, 7 in the Amplified Bible. Paul writing to Timothy, he says, and I read the Amplified Bible, train yourself towards godliness. So, you know, godliness, living for God, demands discipline, training. Note what he says. He says, train yourself towards godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. There are a lot of God's people who are unfit spiritually. They're not fit because they haven't developed discipline. They are not in any way working hard. Now, cultivating spiritual discipline is a trait that we must have. God will move you into discipline. He will challenge you into a disciplined life. So we need to fan into flame spiritual disciplines. We need to cultivate and fan into flame discipline into our lives. It's something we must encourage. It's something we must long for. It's something we must work hard for. You must not allow yourself to be undisciplined in praying, undisciplined in reading the Bible, undisciplined in the way you live, undisciplined in your appetites, undisciplined in the way you talk, undisciplined in the way you use money, undisciplined in the thoughts you allow in your mind, undisciplined in the relationship you have, undisciplined in where you do, what you use your body for. This body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You, you have no time to put this body into things it shouldn't come into. We need to be disciplined. God has given us a spirit of discipline, self-discipline. And that is one of the major traits of being a spiritually matured person is to be self-disciplined. Look at your neighbor and say, John Maxwell says this about discipline and I quote. He says, discipline in the beginning of life is a choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you really don't want to do. Let's tell the truth, Barcelona. When they showed you certain things to do that were right, they don't feel good. Sometimes when you go on a diet, the thing they tell you to eat, nearly, you know, you don't like it, it doesn't have taste. But if you stick with the program and you are disciplined and you don't get tempted hoja chocolate, but you know discipline and let me finish the quotation discipline in the beginning of life is the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you don't really want to do continues to say after successfully doing this for some time, 
Discipline becomes the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you now want to do. Yeah, that's true. Then he says, I truly believe we can become disciplined and enjoy it after years of practicing it. Do you realize, Bazana, how hard it was for you to come back to church after lockdown? Some people are still locked down even now. Some people still make excuses for not coming to church. I was telling my bishop just now during the break, I was talking to somebody from one church and we'd really talk to the, to the pastor there to say, Bula kereke, you know? Bula kereke, you know? Let people come to church. And this person, no, whatever. Finally opened the church. So I was talking to one of the pastors. I said, how are things going? Are yay? Yeah, he said, you know, people come, but they don't all come. The sound system, I said, this is not working, that's not working. I get a little bit of the teething problems. I get a little bit You see, what we have, what many of us haven't realized is to see how we can easily lose our discipline and how hard it is to come back. Some of you, you dragged yourself to church this morning. You are still sleeping. That's why I said, Amen. Look at your sleeping neighbor and say, Vuga neighbor, it's amen. Yeah. We realized when we, when we first came back, some of you, I remember when you first came back, you didn't even know how to praise God anymore. Look at the wonderful worship that we had today. Yeah. Few Sundays ago, where were you? Huh? So I'm just trying to show you something. Discipline is something you can build into your life. It can become part and parcel of your DNA, part and parcel of what you do, such that you end up enjoying it. Some of you, you jog regularly. You enjoy it. Even when you run out there, and also jogger, you can see you didn't go there. You didn't go to the gym. Same way. You can miss prayer. You can miss church. You can miss reading the Bible. You miss these things. They are part and parcel of your discipline. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Discipline places greater value on essentials orders its priorities intelligently, operates by schedule, functions without constant supervision, and makes the most of the time. Let me say that again. Discipline places greater value on essentials. When you're a disciplined person, you have no time for non-essential things. Some of you, you are burning up your time in things that have no value. Fighting battles you shouldn't be fighting. Picking up conversations you shouldn't even be talking. Going to places you shouldn't be going. Reading stuff that you shouldn't be reading. You know, people used to ask me, you know, you know several times you've ended up in the newspaper for all the wrong reasons and not, not because you did anything. And people were asking me, you didn't respond. I, why? 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 There are people who buy lingua shua shui. Shua shui, utla shua shui raisa. How am I going to help Shashi? Doesn't matter what you tell Shashi, Shashi will Shashi rise. So leave the Shashi rise to Shashi rise. I'm a non Shashi rising Mfundisi. So I just go on. Because, Mamela, that they said that about you, what has changed? What has changed? Some of you, you need to have a thick, a thick skin to let people talk and not respond. Skawara. Why? I, Basalana, there are things I don't have time for. 
you understand what I'm saying to you? There are things you mustn't have time for. You are wasting your precious time. You are wasting your precious money. You are wasting. I'm telling you, Bazalana. You are wasting. You are wasting your airtime. Can't touch a sedan mix. Discipline places greater value on essential. Discipline orders its priorities intelligently. When you're a disciplined person, you have easy to that we call priorities. There are things that come first. You don't just rush into your life, into the day. Things like prayer. You should never ever have a day where you never prayed. You should never have a day where you never read God's word. Never. You should never have a day where you haven't washed. Isn't it strange, Bazalana? There's many people who are achieving things when the rest of people are always saying, I didn't have time. People who live in the same time frame as you, they are doing stuff, they are achieving things, you are saying, how nana? It's not about not having time. It's about what you prioritize. If you really can look at your life, look at the things that you give time to. Tell me if you don't have time. I, I like the way you are quiet. Shabu tilenjuma yelonge. Shaba yaba. Three, a disciplined life operates by schedule. Gotta have a schedule. Gotta order your day. Even when you rest, rest on purpose. Skadula rest tilenjal. And then trying to rest from the rest. I'm alright, some people. Number four, a disciplined life functions without constant supervision. People who must be threatened and supervised all the time is undisciplined people. When you're disciplined, you don't need a supervisor. You supervise yourself. It's called self-leadership. Self-leadership. And then discipline number five makes the most of the time. When you're a disciplined person, you'll achieve a lot in life. It says God has given us the spirit of self-discipline. I think for me this is one why I was so turned off as a young person in the early days and I didn't understand people who say and I was almost turned off to being responsive to the Holy Spirit because of what people used to do in the name of the Spirit. The whole day the whole day, the whole week. And I used to think, I remember one time, I'm being honest with you, and I'm not picking on the ladies, the men do it too. But this person came and they were at a conference. This lady had been with the child conference in the whole day. Whole day. Very young. No extra nappies then, you know, since it's and so on. Then it's it also. We didn't have disposables then. They'd been there conference the whole day and they even stayed for the evening service. Service that day, Ilea Tsoka, I think about half past ten in the evening, twenty two hundred thirty. So when I went out, the minute she saw me, she said, Praise God. So now I want to know now, praise God for what? She says, Unkulunkulu has led you to me so that you must give me a lift. Oh, yeah. 
But because of the baby, so it's before I got married, because of the baby, and this conference was in Randberg, Mutona Udula Mosowet, half past ten, those years, Ulota Makayanghoya Kosowet with a baby. So as I drove, this person tells me the way Usatan Mkrupangakon, and I'm listening. Then, 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 and then, then I find out Gutulo Satan actually is the husband. You know, I said to her, What's my name? If I was married to you, now I'm going to go Satan. The way you are behaving. I didn't spare her. I said, This man doesn't know Christ, not born again. Do you think this kind of behavior of yours? Do you think this way of behaving? No. Hallelujah. Which moya is holding you now? See, there's lots of people who do all kinds of things under the guise of being led by the Spirit. Yeah. But see, the Holy Spirit, you look at the life of Christ, disciplined life. As a man, if you are led by the Spirit, you'll be a disciplined man. Disciplined man. You will not abuse your wife. You will not do tswara tswara. Disciplined life. You take care of your family. Disciplined life. The amens are not there. Maybe in our own TV you are saying amen. Maybe in our own TV you need to amen. Amen. Now note. It starts first with a disciplined life before we can cultivate spiritual fitness. Because even with fitness, you must get ready to get into a fitness program and invest in your fitness. Now you know, if you've ever built your natural muscles, you know that it takes time to get to certain levels. It doesn't happen overnight to get into shape to pick up extra muscles, to be toned. Now it is embayers, or maybe they'll open the beaches, we don't know. So if you want to have a beach body, hey, I can hear an ache. The truth is this, if you're only going to start this month, you're already late. Particularly if you have extra, extra, what you call it, to deal with. It's a bit late to have a six-pack right now. Unless you are lean messed already at least you might but you should have worked out much earlier you should have started in july but nevertheless i still encourage you to try no, but but if you if, if if you want to have a beach body right right you know you have to really work and it has to be an organized program and you can't skip your training you don't have to train every day but you have to train enough to start dealing with the extra what whatever okay if you start with weights and you want to build up muscle you start with light weights. You can't go now, guys, ne, and go and try and bench press 100 kgs. It's a lie. All right? So you start with, and then you gradually work your way up to a heavier weight. It doesn't happen overnight. But then, remember, as you train, there will be days where your body feels sore. 
and your body will preach to you, you can't go back there. So what do you do? You have to tell your body. You see, people who are not disciplined are ruled by what their body tells them. If they don't feel like praying, they don't pray. If they don't feel like reading the Bible, they don't read the Bible. They, they're just ruled by how they feel. But you know very well, with an exercise program, you still have to go. In fact, you see these people running to Athlots Amarawamat. You see these guys playing soccer, they are strapped up, but they are playing there. So you need to do that. So it's important for us that we do that. It needs dedication, it needs persistence, it needs focus. The Bible tells us that even if there's value in physical training, but, you know, spiritual training is of more value. Ah, oh, no, you don't like my sermon anymore. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, but reject, reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits little. So there's a profit to exercise your body. Mara, it's little because it just deals with your physical body. He says, but godliness, Mamela, godliness is profitable for all things. Now, you know, Bazalan, when you are healthy and you are fit, there's a lot of benefits. Your mind is sharp, you got stamina, you know, your heart is beating right, you know, your, your blood sugar levels are down if you are eating right. You know, everything is well. You are fit, you're good, you know, your sickness, your, your immune system is up. All those benefits, much as good, as good as they can be, they can never equal the benefit of being spiritually fit. He says, bodily, he says, being spiritually fit, godliness, exercising yourself in godliness is profitable in all things. What does he mean? He says, when you are spiritually fit, it will flow over into all areas of your life. Because the state of your spiritual life has a way of affecting everything about you. It affects you in your vision. It affects you in your goals. It affects you in your thinking. It affects you in the way you talk. It affects you in the way you handle money. It affects your body. It affects the way you live. It affects your level of happiness and contentment. It affects everything about your life. It affects how you plan. It affects your, your, your views about life. It affects the way you you look at life. Godliness is profitable in all things. You become stronger. You become more powerful. You are more happier. You praise the Lord even more. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Godliness. Godliness. And the prophet of godliness. How can you call it because what you have sowed in godliness flows over into your family, flows over into the next generation. So you might as well be fit spiritually. Be fit spiritually. Be fit spiritually. Can I hear an amen? Oh, my time is gone. My time is gone. Eric Fenlitzen. stop. Let me finish off quickly. It says, in the Amplified Bible says, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them. Now note, train yourself towards godliness, piety, 
keeping yourself spiritually fit. Verse 8, for physical training is of some value. It's useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and is value in everything and, and in every way. But note the last part. And it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. Think about it. Think about it. How your discipline of being a praying woman, of being a praying man, how not only benefits you now, it benefits your children and your children's children. Not only benefits you on this earth, it benefits you even for the life that is to come. Think about it. When you got on the word of God and started living by the word of God, look at how that affects you. Look at how that affects your children and your children's children. Look how it affects your family. Look how it affects your great-grandchildren. But most of all, look how it affects even the world to come. Oh, yeah. It's worth us, Barcelona, being spiritually fit. Yeah. And be fit spiritually. Now, note this, Barcelona, as I close. Exercising your spirit will strengthen your spiritual muscles. The stronger you are spiritually, the easier it will be for you to do all the things that God instructs us to do in line with the disciplines we find in Scripture. Wow. It will be easier for you to walk in forgiveness, to walk in faith, to walk in the anointing, to subdue the power of the devil. Just like it is in the natural when you are fit, when a bully comes to fight you, you take them down. And you know very well when the bully comes to fight you, that's not the time to start the training program. When the bully comes to fight you, you must have already started the program. In other words, you don't wait for trouble to come before you get strong. In the same way, when you are spiritually fit, when troubles come, when trials come, you stand up strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. And so we need, therefore, to build our spiritual muscles and we are going to learn about that next week because we can't do it today for the sake of time. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and the preaching of his word. Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. I've got a question for you. Are you going to be spiritually fit? If your answer is a yes, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Are you going to be fit? Are you going to make sure you have a program, a spiritual program, and you're going to get on your health program, on your fitness program, and you're not going to, you're not going to compromise on it? Let's all stand on our feet right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Raise your hands to God. Raise your hands to God. Father, we thank you today. For the privilege of hearing your word. Your word is a lamp to our feet. Your word is a light on our path. When we walk in the light of your word, we will never go astray. Thank you for telling us that you have given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of self-discipline.
that we can be a disciplined people who walk in the fullness of what you've called us to do. We raise our hands right now, Father, as a symbol of surrender. And we say, here am I, Lord. Here is my life, God. I lay it before you. I bring my life before you. Wherever we haven't had discipline, wherever we didn't demonstrate discipline, forgive us, O oh God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please remain standing and you can put your hands down for now. Just close your eyes, please, and bow your heads right where you stand. See, some of you may be here, maybe because you have been invited or you've come on your own. But at a point, when you look at your life, you realize that there's a point somewhere where you didn't walk in the right way. You took a false step. You walked away from disciplines. You walked away from God. Or you never even encountered Christ as Savior and Lord in your life. It could be you are in that category. Even though you love church and you love what's going on, but your life hasn't yet experienced a touch from heaven and a touch from God. And your life is not changed. Though you try to your best to live right, but somehow you realize you are unable to do what's right. And that's because you haven't encountered Christ as yet. Our heads bowed, please, and our eyes closed. If you need prayer in any of those categories, and you want me to pray for you, and those of you watching by way of television, and you want me to pray for you. And those of you who are also streaming live wherever you are, I want to pray for you. And I ask all of you to raise your hands. Even the people who are streaming from the churches, just raise your hand if you say, I need prayer. Whatever area it is, just raise your hand right where you stand. Raise it up. Let's see it. God bless you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Can I ask the ushers, please, just go stand next to those people and the counselors to walk towards them as well. Because of the current protocols, we need to do the altar call this way. Just raise your hand. I want to know Christ as Savior and Lord or I want to recommit my life to God. There's an area in my life that has, hasn't come under discipline. I need God to help me. I need to be prayed with. I need somebody to agree with me in prayer. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Father, we pray for these who've raised their hands. We thank you for every one of them. We pray that you bless them. Those who are viewing by way of television, those who are in our branches that are streaming, those who are on Facebook, on YouTube, and on our website, I pray for them that you reach out to them right now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Please remain standing. I want to ask all those people who raise their hands, if you could follow the counselors and the ushers who are standing next to you. We want to go talk to you in private, in a room, please, to give you counseling so that we help you whatever situation you are dealing with. Can you give them all a big hand as they walk, please?